Welcome back to Desert Island Dictator. Uh, my guest this week is the very, very interesting Dan Offen. Uh, he runs the podcast Position 6, um, which is a podcast all about the video, the competitive video gaming world of Dota 2. Um, if you're not familiar, this is a, a video game that people play competitively online, uh, and they sometimes they compete for prize money, which can be considerable. Uh, we had a really, really interesting chat about the, the colourful characters of that, and also his island. Let's take it away. to Desert Island Dictator. My guest this week is the fantastic Dan Offen. I've called every guest so far fantastic. That's something you yeah, may you have need noticed. a new adjective. Yeah, need I a new adjective. I do it as well. I go for brilliant. Brilliant is what I call all my guests. Yeah? How many of Lovely them? Lovely sometimes. Be honest, given that there's probably little crossover between your scene and the scene that listens to this, how many of them really <laughs> are brilliant? I think most of them are brilliant. I do yeah, like see, most yeah. of my guests. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's been a couple who... Uh, who, if any of my fans are listening to this, who I will now not call brilliant on account of the, the rape allegations. Uh, but other than that, right. the rest of them are all, <laughs> all brilliant. I, I don't know why I, I don't know why I said that in such a like, dude, what way? Like I am from the world of comedy where <laughs> a similar, a, a similar, a, a similar scene unfolds. Um, so Dan Offen is the host of the podcast Position Six, um, and also the host of the podcast Faking Lit. Uh, Faking Lit is a comedic literature podcast. Uh, what is how Faking Lit? You 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 do a book club, right? Um, Essentially, it's a fake book club. We take yeah. a book that most of us haven't read uh, and pretend to have read it and talk through it. Uh, normally doing some stupid characters and stuff along the way. It's good fun. Just sounds just it. like a normal English degree. Here, here, here. No, but yeah, it's, it is yes, very it good. Um, there were, there were, so I, I will recommend it in this way. Um, there were two episodes that I listened to where I laughed so much that I did kind of a strange physical reaction you, you know when you laugh so much that you sort of lose control of your breathing and yeah. body a bit that is the that's the, the <laughs> ultimate laugh where you sort of sneeze you sort of go <laughs> you do your kind of you, you you do your kind of like weird bit where you're just like whoa i make those sounds like this. i did that <laughs> laugh and i i will say this i am your friend i've not listened to many more than two episodes i'm very bad <laughs> at keeping up with friends content so oh, that's too much or especially when all your friends are comedians or uh people they all make content you can't listen to any of it it's ridiculous yeah and also if i'm listening to their content then i can't be making my own content and then spending time asking them to listen to it so i think how can you you know <laughs> it's not fair 
I do my best. I do. I do my best, but I. I sort of very much for for listeners of this, like I very much tap normies or people who are like interested in the thing that my guest is into. Um, mm-hmm. So on the basis of that, hi gamers, please don't listen to the last <laughs> episode where a number of you were slagged off. I. Oh dear. Oh no. Well, I haven't listened to that last one. I wouldn't have got involved if it. Was... <laughs> now my listeners are probably more. More the re- I like to think of them as a reasonable side of gamers. Well, mm, I like I to know. think that too. Uh, in my last episode, there was an anecdote by the comedian Sam Lake, who is a huge fan of the game Pokemon Go, um, uh-huh. where he uh, realised that a man was following him because he, he reached a sort of certain trainer level in it, which is quite difficult to get to. And he realised that a man was following him around the streets of Edinburgh with two phones explicitly to sort of... I, I guess like gazump his Pokemon finds. It's uh, <laughs> harsh. Yeah, and then he turned around and was like, um, "Sorry, are you playing Pokemon Go and doing this?" And he just like put his phones away. And was like, "I've never heard of that game." <laughs> and then Sam walked off, and the guy like just got his phones out and killed all his Pokemon. Great. Anyway, you, it's a great anecdote, and you should listen to the previous. Actually, not the previous episode. It is episode four. Uh, episode four to my new listeners so anyway uh, so dan um dan hosts the podcast faking it he also hosts the podcast uh position six which i presume has some significance that i'm not aware of <laughs> yes well the name uh the name is i mean it's very boring to explain but there are five positions in a standard dota team positions one to five and the therefore the sixth position is the sixth man it'd be like if i was hosting a football podcast and i called it the 12th man I see. Yeah. Okay. Great. In fact, that I'd like. I'm sort of doing a sort of laddish thing. Like, yeah, that makes that same makes loads of sense to me now, mate. I love sports, me. I bloody love sports. But um, but that made even less sense to you. Uh, it made more conceptually <laughs> because it's as the universal as a sort of universal game. I understand it. You know, I played it and been around it, but I can't claim that it to be my my personal oeuvre. Uh, I think that. I think the problem is, is I'm definitely closer to, uh, I'm certainly closer to the, um, the the ideal of what a gamer is than I am to the ideal of what an athlete is. But mm. I also am only interested in sort of whimsical fantasy things. So I'm fair like, enough, yeah. Uh, I'm like, is it a fantasy themed roguelike? Yes, <laughs> it is not. No, <laughs> I mean this is this fantasy themed. Most of the guys have got swords. There's a, there's a bear in it. Mm. Uh, various skips. Well, less scantily dressed women than many of its competitors. I think. Um, pro. I think. I think. What I think to me, uh, video games have always been to me very much a form of escapism, and therefore, mm-hmm. as a result of that, the the competitive side of it, which is very much what I understand Dota 2 is, yeah, has completely passed me by. I think I'm very much, you know, when people talk about the people who kind of like invest hundreds of hours into Skyrim, the first game that I invested a serious amount of hours in was the prequel to Skyrim, The Elder Scrolls 3, uh, Morrowind, which came out in like 2004, yes. I think. I think I put, that was the first game where I logged, you know, like hundreds of hours in. And I, I, and I like, I'd like, I, it, 
it wasn't enough for me to just like i had one save which was like the game breaker save where you like learn all the tricks and stuff and you like mm. learn to make yourself a millionaire straight away and you've like killed vivek the god and you set yourself up and you're, you're essentially this sort of invincible god avatar who just flies the maps but not just not just fly but does it and not even in like a way that the game wants you to just in a way that just t- breaks it doesn't like, make any you, sense yeah, yeah. You, you, you can like go through the skin of mountains and the whole screen just sort of flashes at you for a bit and you just come out the other <laughs> side because you've found this like exact combo of items that will allow you to do that but like uh, and then but then i couldn't really do with that like i had others where i'd be like because i was like even then i was like that's not really the character so i had others where i'd like play the person and like Ah. i'd like get really into it i would like so there's like an assassin's guild called the morg tong who were like a, a an honorable assassin's guild and i remember like playing that i joined that with what with a character that who is i'd role played uh, uh-huh. to be someone who would never get into that but I, I got into it just because I thought because I've not found that path in the game before mm-hmm. and I literally got the first sort of writ which is the thing walked up to the person I was supposed to be stabbing in the bar with my like magic hammer uh, and just threw my console controller on the ground I was just like I would never do this something this dishonorable <laughs> this uh, is not me Yeah. that's anyway. the problem though with the later ones I mean I liked, I liked Morrowind a lot I liked also that you could just kill the most important guy and then the game wouldn't work anymore. Yes. That was my yeah, favorite yeah. thing in Marwin, that you could just kill any everyone relevant to the plot and the game just stops working. Yeah, because um, they they just give you a sign being like they don't like they don't stop you from doing it. They just get you just get a little thing being like you've killed someone who and now you can't complete the game and you just have to <laughs> hope that you haven't saved over the last bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but what uh, always annoyed me about the the Oblivion and Skyrim is that you just become the king of everything. Like you're the head of the Fighters Guild, the head of the Mages Guild, the head of the Thieves Guild. Yeah, and it's like no one could be all of those things. I mean, yeah. I've heard of wearing many hats, but this is ridiculous. Um, but nothing really. The other thing is like you get to the head of the Fighters Guild in those games, and it's like you're now the head of the Fighters Game Guild. Brother, could you fetch some skulls from me from my family's tomb? You must walk across three mountains, bring back a feather, and kill some ghosts. You're like, what? And you're like, yes, well done, brother, head of the Fighters Guild. Now go do the job for me. And you're like, uh, I'm your boss. Yeah. And you'd know who I was. Yeah. If, if, if there was some guy in the world who was like CEO of Amazon, obviously we know who CEO of Amazon is, but he was CEO of Amazon. He was the head of Microsoft. He was also the head of the Federal Reserve. And he was like a world sports champion as well. Everyone would yeah. know who that guy was. Yeah, He's in charge right, yeah, of everything. Yeah. They'd stop him in the street. Just imagining Jeff Bezos like walking through a warehouse in every corner. Someone just goes, ah, <laughs> oh, Sarah, I require of you the Game Boy Color. I don't know why I've chose that. <laughs> so you must travel yeah. through three, you must go through three aisles, travel, traverse the boxes for 10 minutes, go across the conveyor belts and bring it back and I shall give you five gold and jeff is just like i i own the world now and it's like i don't need it <laughs> he'd do it anyway because he needs the xp yeah well yeah exactly that's <laughs> you always gotta get that xp i saw the most uh the the, the savagest gaming base put down i've seen uh, was like someone someone so um i saw someone message your boyfriend looks like he jo- looks like he drops basic loot <laughs> which i was like <laughs> that's amusing um so dota for the what i'm hoping is that uh some people who are interested in dota will listen to this podcast because you're in it and i don't know how much clout you have with that scene 
but have for a those minimal amount of clout. A, a minimal amount of clout. All right. So for the rest, like my mum and that who listen to the mm-hmm. podcast, can you explain briefly what Dota Two is? It is a five versus five game in which you try and become more powerful than the other team so you can comprehensively beat them. Okay. Kind of like it's like sort of like rugby, but if every time you did a tackle in rugby, you got bigger legs. In some ways, you do. Yeah, that's true, uh, and yeah, yes, but and much more rapid and. and yeah, fast. yeah, yeah, yeah. In a sort of more, yeah, in, in a less, in, in a less, you know, and also uh, after the age of twenty-seven, you do start physically declining. So you know, mm. I guess you can carry on in Dota. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, the oldest person, play, the oldest professional player is about thirty-two at the moment. But that's because we're we're in brand new territory. Not not we don't know what's mm. going to happen when everyone gets old, um, begins to retire. I I I'm, I feel like either it's going to go one of two ways, right? Either we're just going to go so hard because we'll have VR by then, I'm sure. Like we'll just mm-hmm. can do we'll just do like e smack and just like get into VR <laughs> and just have a fucking great time, like. It would be like that, um, the Black Mirror episode where they just kind of nostalgically go back to their old shit. We'll just do that. Yeah. Go back. I'll be you know, back 2007. I'll be listening to the Maccabees with my Winkle pickers on, looking fucking gorgeous. You know, dancing around, doing shots, uh, and then the nurse will pull the plug. You know, that's gonna be it. That's the, <laughs> the end of your life. That's yeah. how you'll retire. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. The thing is, Dan, you've spent the last few years building up a podcast following um, with Position 6, working within that scene, you know, doing good things within that scene. But the problem is you haven't been doing any of that because three mm. years ago, Dan was marooned on a desert island. Uh, he was allowed to take only a few records, a couple of books, the Bible, the works of Shakespeare, no video games whatsoever. So, you know, that's that part of your life. Fucks. Uh, <laughs> don't know how yeah. you feel about that. Uh, I think I'd be all right with it. I'd yeah. Be, if I, I don't know. I think I'd survive. Yeah. I like video games, but I don't like them that much. <laughs> You're gonna lose so many listeners after this. They're like, what? <laughs> they'd be like, I'd be. Fa- they'd be like fashioning sand computers to. I feel like that you can't. <laughs> that is actually. I think that about pretty much all pastimes. So I was like, if this was taken from you, actually, th- this year, video games is the one thing that hasn't been taken from me this year. Um, but everything else I've given like, to you in many ways. Yeah, it, actually, it has. Uh, I did not really do any gaming, and then I've uh, done a lot. I I, most people's experience, yeah. Yeah, I did all the Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild, and all the DLC. A lot of a number of other. I I purchased games on the basis of I can log a lot of hours into this, and I. <laughs> And I bloody did. <laughs> um, there was a whole period where I just played Crusader Kings three for about two months. That was my life, just being a king. Yeah, being a medieval old king. You deserve everyone. to. You deserve that, man. Don't let ever, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You are a king, you know, and you've conquered enough European lands now to prove it. Exactly. Um, well, like African lands actually. I was in, I was in Africa for most of it. Oh, you colonialist. No, I, I grew up in Africa. I was I was an African, so yeah, yeah. you and the you and the rest of the Africaners. <laughs> <laughs> um, much Africa for the Africans, my <laughs> Um, 
you haven't been doing it. You've been marooned on a desert island. Uh, three years later, you now rule that island with an iron fist. Dan, often tell me this. What would you name your what, what What's your island called? It's an interesting question. I, I thought about this long and hard. And I imagine a lot of your guests have named their island after like a thing. So there'll be, it'll be like Fat Booty Bay or something or yeah. uh, Dog Island. But I, I, I thought about it and most countries aren't named after a thing, are they? You don't, England is named, is named Land of the Angles, Uhura type of people. Yes. So it's, every country has its own identity because it's named after it, it's got its own discrete word. Mm. If England was called um, Chipland or Tealand, for example, would be incredibly defined by the fact that we live in a country that was named after a, a single object. Yes, so yes. I think I'd prefer to create a new word for my country. Okay. Um, so that we can have a, an identity that will blossom and grow and not be confined by the, the definitions of that word. So I'm just going to call it uh, Faburb. Faburb. <laughs> That was the first noise that I, 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 I thought I wouldn't prep a noise and I'll improv one and I've, I've improv for burb. For burb. For burb. <laughs> for, for burb. How do you countries get their names, actually? I should really think about this. Uh, for burb. Well, yeah, how does Rome... Rome was named after Ro- Rome, Romulus. Romulus. Yeah, like a mythical, a mythical person. England is land of the Angles, I guess the people, the Angles. She's very much Frisian Erasia. Uh, mm which, you know, I guess that, I mean, there, so there's Chad, which is named after the Lake Chad, who's named after the race of jocks who live there. Um, there's, uh, the, I, I guess that they, um, France. Canary Islands, that for example, everyone there, they're, everyone's always often, they like canaries all the time. They go on holiday from yeah. the Canary Islands. Uh, France, is, <laughs> France is named for the Franks, right? Italy was the Vitali, um, but then what are those people named after? Me. <laughs> Me, I reckon. Uh, <laughs> um, what does... Did you know that uh, Papua New Guinea uh, is named because the people were frizzy-haired and um, it's a description of the people. By, really? Just but like, how? Because they don't Pardon? Papa New Guinea. Papa. It's I think it's name it's, it's a um it's a the word is Papua. Uh ah. it's a Spanish explorer who so like, oh, it's just frizzy haired people who live there. So <laughs> call that call it that shit. <laughs> like very lazy That's name. So lazy. Yeah, well, you know what? It's not lazier than New South Wales. So Yes, that's true. <laughs> so, like, yeah, that's certainly what I wouldn't want to call my island just after the place that I arrived from. How little imagination did old explorers have that they just went, oh, we're in the same place that we came from? At least call it after yourself, innit? Like the Cook Islands, yeah. Captain Cook, right? Like, you know, Offen, Offenland. Uh, that actually sounds like a name. The Offenlanders. Offenlanders sound a name. The Offenlanders sound like a, like a fantasy. It sounds like a fantasy people in like a sort of middle earth place but ones that aren't like heavily involved you know <laughs> like so like not, not not rohan or gondor but like one of the human kingdoms off to the side yeah yeah just like <laughs> don't really are you gonna send any men or oh, we'll send maybe a couple 
Yeah. Oh, the guys from Offenlander here. Where will they sleep? You know, like you know, in you know, in Narnia they have like Narnia. They had Kalorman, and then there was just some other place called Arkenland, which they fucking went on about sometimes. It's very much like that kind of tier of like fantasy yeah. people. Like the um in in the Wheel of Time or something like Randall thought. I'm realizing that this is now very much my interests here, but in like. <laughs> epic large epic fantasy series the wheel of time randall thor just sort of travels through them and there's like a book where he has to persuade them all to join the cause and then in the final battle it's like oh yeah and there was a regiment of them there and you're like yep oh, there we go um <laughs> those guys never what are they like oh they're just guys you know just they're no, just you know they're guys their main exports are <laughs> Like when they do it, it's, it's like Tolkien, like reading his like Wikipedia entry. It's like often lenders whose main exports were grain and rice. Uh, population <laughs> sixty million. Their troopers were normal. Um, so Fibberb, Filburb, Fibberb, Fibberb, not Filbert because that's a different thing. Fibberb, Fibberb, sorry, Fibberb. <laughs> yeah, Fibberb, Fibberb, the land of Fibberb, uh, or the Fibberbia, Fibberbians. Suburbia. That makes it sound suburban, though. Suburban. Yeah, yeah. That's not that, the vibe I'm going for. No. If anything, that does sound like the place you came from. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I can't think of a different name. Let's think of a different sound then. It's hard because so many sounds are already words. So I'm trying uh, to think of a sound that's not a word. Fuck you, linguists. <laughs> Screw you, oh. the, a, a slow accumulation of language over time. <laughs> Bastards. Yeah. Um, our, 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 that sounds like Reagan. Um, I think for Burb was, I think, you, I think you're second guessing yourself. I think I you're think second I've, guessing I'm yourself. I'm overthinking it now. Yeah. So, you know, when you like name a baby and you're like, I don't want them to get, get the piss taken out of them. And then you name them some bullshit. And then you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> <It's, laughs> kids, kids are going to, kids are going to find a way to laugh at them, whatever. You know, that's just yeah. the way it is. You, you can't you can't think about these it won't things. Won't be the fault of the name if they get laughed at. It will be no. the fault of the, the it's child. Like, yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> should have been cooler. If they didn't want to be laughed at, they should have been a cooler child. Yeah, I gave you a bad name to make you cooler. Like a That's boy named Suzu hopes you would be it would be character building. You've, you 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 either going to bend or break, and you sorry you are either going to get strong or break. You broke. I'm sorry. That's just the cards you were dealt. That's the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, so in the island of Fabub, what? How would you be? How would you like to be recognised as its leader? How many people live on this island of me? Right, it's up to you. I mean, I'm not going to say millions because that would be absurd. If I've been marooned on a desert island of millions of people, then <laughs> just marooned. I imagine there'd be bookstores already. <laughs> yeah. I whatever records I want. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say as a couple of hundred. I think I'd like to be recognised as some sort of. Uh, as a duke i've always thought it's cool in um in literature or fantasy when they go to a new place and rather than there being a king there or uh, like a dictator or an overlord mm. it's a duke they always seem kind of quite saucy and quite oh what's this guy's deal he's just a duke yeah a duke kind of suggests like you've got power you're a bit chill with it though it's more you know you got your you're much more nice little mansion you know hanging with the duchess the kids you know a few concubines maybe who knows but you're not you know you're not like fortress yeah a, a dukedom has you're open you know you're open to the wider world you're not the opposite of a count in many ways a count is closed yeah a count. duke a duke 
you see the Duke down the pub occasionally. He's very much involved in the community. He's um, friendly. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. The nice, the nice guy, Duke of the Burb, Dan Off. <laughs> what, um, what would your ideal, if you were marooned on a desert island, like, what do you think your ideal maroon setup would be? In terms of housing, I, I guess like what kind? Of, yeah, what kind of island would you like it to be? Ah, that's an interesting question. But it I, doesn't I think... have to be desert, by the way. Uh, we've yeah. we, uh, uh, a previous guest um, has cho- chosen ice islands. Now, I think that's actually a terrible idea. I think you would not last two seconds there, but you <laughs> not know, much I, would grow. Yeah, I'm just like I think I'd like it, a Greek island. Yeah, the Greek right? islands are really nice. They're quite rocky. They've got a bit. of character to them marooned on a beautiful mediterranean island <laughs> yeah yeah i imagine it's not far from the mainland so i'm barely marooned i can probably yeah. just <laughs> sail for a mini break for some fucking reason there's still this undiscovered tribe of hundreds on it but you know you can still set up a decent ryanair shuttle there there and back these days um but as duke you have put in some laws and what i'd like you to do is talk to me about your first law uh which is as i understand it is this no memes yeah i'm not a fan of memes no. as, as someone who used to be a comedian uh yep. and i still believe i work in a, in a world of somewhat comedy um i find memes very irritating because what memes have allowed is that they've allowed people who are not funny to think they're funny by just repeating other people's jokes Yes, uh, as is the world of stand-up. <laughs> but, uh, yes, but no, no, I, I know what you mean because you, the the whole purpose of a meme is that it is at a fundamental level low effort, right? You can't be seen to be like you can't put if you put too much into a meme, then then you, it's not no longer the yeah, meme. It's moved away. You from fucked it. it. That's the. Do you not? Are there any that you like? sometimes there's a meme if i see a meme for the first time i'll be like that's occasionally funny but it's the yeah. repetition that begins to irritate me this obviously in the in the world that i work of esports there's a lot of people who are, are the funny end of comedy content creation who do so there's the more serious content creators who make mm. more serious well considered content and there's those who are funny and I, I find a lot of the funny ones just endlessly repeat memes Right. So yeah. I, I find it irritating because they're not funny. They just know how to repeat a joke that has been previously said. So I think everyone on my island should have to come up with their own joke. And there should be some sort of list of annual, annual of all the jokes that have ever been made. And if you make a joke that's been made too many times, then you're exiled. Wow. That is a... that I'll tell you what. There's going to be a lot of humour on that island. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but... Yeah, well, it would mostly be, but there'll be some. There'll be some people who are absolutely killing it, and they'll be completely recognised for the creative geniuses that they are. Yeah. Whereas the memesters of the world, they'll have to stay quiet. Two loopholes I've thought about in this. Number one, by killing memes, are you also through the process of the fallout of that killing the medium of dad jokes or old men who make repetitive but semi-amusing anecdotes? A lot. Is that a concern, or because that to me that sounds like a boom? <laughs> Just two two birds, one stone, and I think the the other loop, but the the loophole I have thought about with this is that 
the the nature of memes is that they do subtly tend to change kind of organically over over a period of time so how close do how close does do the two jokes have to be to be to be considered to be you know because with a meme for example like if you look at the 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 classic like wojack meme that my favorite ones are the doomer ones uh there are about 19 varieties of those like how many of them would you would there be before you go hang on someone's up here just doing the same thing aren't you mate just put a little hat on him number you could the wojack ones if everyone to draw their own unique wojack comic comic for some reason that would be fine i'll be i'll be allowing that it would be the ones where it's just a repeat repetition of the same wojack meme again my main problem with memes is there's, there's about 150 different memes that are all the same meme which is this thing is good and this thing is bad. <laughs> oh, like the, the so many different the Chad, the yeah. So like, there's yeah, that yeah. one. There's the most the classic example of it is the Drake one, where Drake goes, "I like this thing, I don't like this thing." But for some reason, ninety percent of content on the internet now is just variations on the Drake meme yeah. of this thing is good, this thing is bad. There's no creativity or elements in it. So I think if we were to snip it in the bud and ban all of that, the world there'd be so much more free thought in the world there'd be so yeah. much more flowing ideas and creativity if now because now everyone's, everyone is just trapped in a world of saying one thing is good and one thing is not good and yeah. it's expressing their ability to naturally create yeah exactly and uh, who like the what better way to make people create naturally and free form than a repressive rule banning them from certain ways of thinking as but no i <laughs> this Sometimes is desert island dictator that, a few heads yeah <laughs> let the the creative juices flow be creative or i'll fucking <laughs> or kill else. <laughs> i um i love the um i i i have a really weird relationship with the the wojack memes because they're like to me they were like you know, they're like a really long Stuart lee joke where they go through waves of being genuinely creative and ways of just being miserable and like mm. the it's kind of the but they they've i've never seen a thing get less funny before suddenly there's like a position that there's just one or two that just get put in a position play that just get played in a hand that's played and it's just played so well and you're like that's incredible and then for about three months i don't see a single funny thing and not only do i not see a single funny thing i see i think they actively are taking scoops out of my own brain by looking at them. I think they're that bad. And then, then I'm just like, oh, there it is. There it is. There it is again. Perfect. Absolutely amazing. Done. Uh, yeah. But I think there'd be, you're just, you're missing jokes is what you're missing. What you're yeah. missing is originally interesting jokes, but for some reason, because of the internet, now you can only see them in the form of repetitive comics. Yeah, no, that is right. And also, actually, uh, in the marketing of this episode, I will be marketing it entirely on the base, <laughs> on the back of the Drake <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> yes, just memes, not memes. Yes, that would be, that would be, uh, it would be a foisting of me. I would have been foisted. Yep. That's uh, what I like. Uh, so you've also banned reckoning. Yes, I'm a big fan of hate hate reckoning. This this is a more recent thing for me. I had a big problem in the US election when everyone started reckoning that Donald Trump would win. And I was sitting there. I work in my profession as a, as a pollster, in effect. Uh, I work with data. And the data pointed very strongly to the fact that Donald Trump was not going to win, which he then 
didn't didn't win yeah uh, and I, I found it very irritating having to deal with people who felt very strongly in their waters that something was going to happen and over and over again they just repeat it to me so i don't know exactly how this rule would work in practice uh, i think it would be that you have to have some sort of empirical evidence or uh reasoning behind a, a feeling that you have before you constantly repeat it to me <laughs> do you allowed to reckon to each other or is it just purely uh, com- uh you basis like you just like have you have you considered have you brought me at least two primary sources <laughs> i think it would be you know i can't stop people doing what they want to do in their own homes but you, you can you can do what you want on this side. All right, okay. And then I, in their own homes, they're also not allowed to reckon. Because what also annoyed me is that I would see people reckoning that Donald Trump was going to win, like away from me. And then I'd be like, oh, I bet they're reckoning he's going to win even more. Uh, he wasn't like, going to win I'm either. Right? I'm sorry. I'm just going to catch in on a rant here. He fucking wasn't going to win. Like there was no, yeah. he wasn't. Like they, now I do understand why people who, now I don't, like without, without meaning to sound too sort of like up my, up my ass, like mm, I'm quite smart. Like I do understand why people who kind of take a superficial look at what happened before might think that he was going to swing it. And the reason is because in the previous uh like when he when he won uh a couple of the major polling organizations had called it for hillary already and Mm -hmm. they also um and hillary was very ahead for like the weeks leading up to the election and then he kind of his momentum really started shifting up and if you sort of take a very 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 casual look at that sort of of that it looked like that this time but only if you really didn't look at it and also understand that a lot of kind of major uh news organizations who want to drive clicks it it was within their interest to present it in that way like it wasn't that way at all he was doing he's been he was doing really well as he's even without coronavirus he was doing really well with basically the kind of voters that hillary lost which is the really important thing there's like specific people he needed to win back Mm-hmm. who are like from from the midwest states that he lo- that the democrats lost who he was doing really well with consistently and that's the like the point Perhaps, where it's yeah. like they it's not about whether he's popular across the board it's not about anything else it's about like is he popular with specifically the people that he needed to win back yes and it was like probably he's gonna win it's probably gonna win but the thing is it was a polling error a huge polling error but it was a polling error that was within the models and i found it very I just found it very frustrating that for some reason modeling and thinking about stuff and really working it out was less important than Michael Moore going to some towns and reckoning that mm. Donald Trump was probably going to win. Yeah, but you're um, a fucking nerd. That's the problem. That's yeah, the, the problem don't listen is, to that shit. That's I'm <laughs> the king of this town and everyone has to be a slight <laughs> nerd and actually care about the opinions they have rather than just yeah. believing stuff based on on a, on a wild feeling. Because, um, because I mean, everyone made fun of the post-Brexit thing, like the post-truth era, and we're done with experts. But so many people on the left now also seem to be done with any level of experts at all, and just deal with uh, general feelings. Now. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit, I'll be quite cynical about this. I don't think that they particularly did before, and by the, I, I don't think I think that most people, for the most part, listen to people that kind of mostly 
they know agree with them you know mm. so they're very happy to find and it's it's like you, you know i they're very happy to find an expert who or like someone uh, when i say expert i don't necessarily mean expert i mean credentialed person which is a different thing entirely who yes. <laughs> agrees with the thing that they are already predisposed to agree with and so they're like well there you go you know this guy's a doctor and he thinks this is bullshit and you're like yeah but <laughs> but come on <laughs> come on uh, on my island though i'm not sure how this is going to exactly manifest itself because i imagine most of our chat is going to be about island business yeah there's um, no elections so there's no elections on the island there's no uh internet so that we have no connection like presumably i presume there's no internet is there internet on my island um not when you first arrived it's up to you to decide whether you're at the level where you can install fiber yet. But I, <laughs> I feel if I was at the level where I would install fiber, there'd be some sort of UN intervention. Being like, <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. run an island of these rules; it's not allowed. <laughs> uh, isn't is there not a island within the British Island Isles that is not a democracy? Is there? Yes. Is it not just the Isle of Man? I think it is. But the Isle yes. of Man is... Is the Isle of Man not constituency? I can't remember. It is a self-governing crown dependency. Uh, and it is... Yes, it is ruled by a lieutenant gov- governor called Sir Richard Gonzi, who has uh, his own legislature, uh, legislat- uh, legislative council, and a lower house called the House of Keys, which Ooh. is bloody... I mean, it is also a tax haven, so there's a reason why. Yeah. Um, but there, there is it was a never part of the EU. Yes. So it's basically it's a it's basically it's a tax haven. It's because it is a crown dependency, but it is not, and it is part of the UK, but not really. Like, well, sorry, it's not part of the UK, but it is within our basic sort of purview, but it is not. And so it's not within the EU. So you could just like Britain has loads of Britain has a bunch of these. Um, Britain's got like um, Britain has uh, a couple of islands that are just like in fucking places where you just just if you're rich, just stuff your shit. Um, <laughs> no, my place would not be a tax haven. It'd be the opposite of a tax haven. If anything, if anything, if you're rich, you're getting robbed. That's the. Yeah, there's no. No one's allowed any money on my island for starters. It's <laughs> all the money sits in a big pile, and we just look at it, and it's not spent on uh, any like public services or anything. It just sits in a pile. So if anyone comes to the island hoping to shield their money from, I don't know entirely if that would work because most money now is digital, so it can't be put on a pile. Uh, but that's how it would work. Oh, I've just found out that the Isle of Man is in fact a parliamentary democracy, just its own just its own um own parliamentary own, democracy. Own parliament. There is an island that is a there is an island that is I think quite small that is literally a um a lord just owns it. Um and but is not represented by Parliament, so he technically just owns it. Um well, fair play to him. Yeah, fair play to the guy. You know, got your own island. <laughs> Nothing happens there, but you know, you got it right. Um, I was a bit—I've been sidetracked by talking about British islands when really we should be talking about the island of Fubur. 
Um, with its lack of reckoning. Yes, no I mean, as, as I said, I don't know how it would work in practice because uh, most of our chat, most of our, our predictions are all going to be based on island business, most of which mm. I imagine is to do with the cajoling of sheep uh, I guess, and goats. Mm, I guess if like one year the crops were bad and they were like, all the islands came up to your house and they said, look, like the crops are bad, but we do have a Scottish policeman on the island. Can we put him in a large figure of wicker and burn him? Uh, you would say, can you give me two primary sources that will show that that's effective <laughs> in improving crop rotation in the next co- in the coming year? And when they provide it, you just like, well, fuck it, burn him then. You know, that's yeah, exactly. the yeah. Well, we wouldn't have access because we don't have the internet, so we don't have access to any other scholarly uh, sources across the world. So the sources we all have to be homebrewn sources. So we'd burn two Scottish policemen if and then, that yeah, improved right, anything. Yeah. Um, then... We'd have to burn a controls. Scottish policeman as well. Yes, because otherwise, th- this is a real recipe for folk weird. This is actually a recipe for the creation of of the sort of pagan ritual myth that you're talking about. This is trial yeah. and error, where you're just like, well, it <laughs> happened last time, so <laughs> so we better try it again and then try it again without any of the conditions uh, that possibly influence these these things. Um, I don't know. There's like one, happens. just one's a placebo. So I guess like an Irish policeman, and you're like, yeah. well, it's just the same. Uh, who knows if that's going to produce the same? But then you get trapped in a world of is it maybe just burning policemen that's going to be causing this? You have to yeah, burn yeah. some like a fireman and a, a vet as well. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, you know, eventually you'll have burned enough people and enough wicker men to know which one brings about a good harvest. <laughs> <laughs> if any. Um, I think it would be uh, I think it it would be probably firemen I think yeah if you're going to burn anyone they, they they deal mainly with fire yeah and I was just thinking some more like I think if you if you're offering like if you're offering to a, per, a soul to the god Wotan it's a it's a purer soul in to my mind I think that a policeman is always going to be fundamentally tainted by the pressures and the 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 uh, and the fact that the pressure of their job and their constant uh, their constant exposure to the kind of the the moral grays of being within within that kind of edge of society. Whereas, like mm. a fireman, is just very much more black and white in their their conventional morality. Very much on the side of good. You know, a good fireman yes. put him in a wicker man. <laughs> I think there's there's be been the... no major scandals involving the fire service that I am aware of, uh, and there's very few ways the fire service can be corrupted. Yeah, like they're not going to take bribes from the fire, are they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, to... yeah, you want to blaze down here? Well, you better give me a taste of that. <laughs> um, I don't really know if the my fire noises are going to be effective on the podcast, but. Um... <laughs> They were good, you know, good fire noises. Yeah, it's as good a good a fire noise as I can do. I think that's the um, you've your third rule uh, is this. Actually, I've just written down the word. Oh, no naturalistic art. Yes, which I'm opposed to. I don't like it. I'm like the opposite of an annoying man at a pub. Like I don't like when you can tell what it is. <laughs> There's a whole genre of person who only enjoys seeing art that they could have seen elsewhere in the world. Yes. Like, they could have gone to see that, 
and had a look at it in, in the flesh, or they could have seen a photograph of it. They don't need the art for it. There's like a whole, whole um, on Reddit, for example, there's a whole subreddit called art, which is basically just photorealistic pencil drawings of celebrities. If you want to look at a picture of that celebrity, just look at a picture of that celebrity. You don't need someone to draw one for you. Right. Yeah. What like what ex- what what expression are you creating by like what what kind of expression of the human condition are you creating by using this this through this medium apart from oh that's actually um, that's actually a quite quite an accurate picture of Graham Norton not as accurate as a photo of him though so, yeah, <laughs> yes. so it's not as good and on this island I don't need a picture of me I'll be around the whole time what most lords will do is have a picture of themselves on the wall which mm. to me implies some level of I guess insecurity because it, it implies that they don't think that them themselves is good enough to look at yeah if, but you, you a, know. if you have to have a picture of you for people to look at then why can't you just be around and they can just look at you if they had if they were to make a a representation of you could they make a more perhaps a cubist representation of you mm. where they you know they they sort of color it the mood of you or you know the vibe there's like a there's a piece of there's sort of a sculpture which is just like a, a number of gray cubes and then a sort of tassel of a horse hanging over it and then over that is a bed sheet and over the top of that is a microphone stand and they like, well that's just kind of the vibe of you that's what i feel yeah. when i if i was going to be portrayed i want someone to portray my soul because that is something that someone can't see just by having a look at me yeah All those right yeah, yeah. Of the queen they do you can just go and look at the queen you, we don't need a portrait of the queen. She exists in the world. And when she's dead, then we can stop worrying about her. We don't need to remember what she looked like. But also, arguably, if you so if you do look at a kind of a, a photorealistic picture of the queen, then, as you say, you don't get any real I- idea of who she was or what she was like. She stand, there will, she'll be posed probably... Um, that, you know, there are some modern portrait painters who... You, I think the last Obama one, he did quite an energetic. He had quite an energetic stroke, and he did quite an. But even even still, with that, he had to portray Obama in a certain light and a certain mm-hmm. way for the presidential portrait. But like, arguably, a an artist who is not constrained by that, you might learn a bit more about what what their impression of what this person actually was like. Yeah. By that, you know, by how they portrayed them you, than just them drawing a picture of them. I think it takes quite a lot. You, you know, when you look at a lot of old, the ones that really stand out are ones where they've been constrained by that medium, but they've still somehow managed to sort of slot in. Yeah, like the one with the big sideways skull in it. What's yeah, that yeah. all about? <laughs> I'm a fan just, of that because I can't see a big sideways skull in the real world. No. <laughs> that doesn't exist. <laughs> if, I, if someone's going to paint something, paint something that doesn't exist, Although actually that allows my least favourite type of painting, which is just paintings of elves or whatever, which is the other half of Reddit where it's just loads of pictures of elves. That's good. Is also that, not allowed. That's because Tumblr's shut. That's the Yeah, that's the main reason for that. <laughs> or Pegasuses or whatever. You know, all that nonsense. Yeah. Just I don't need any of that. Anything with pointy ears that looks a little bit too much like your like ex-girlfriend is very much banned that's the (laughs) yeah very very much anything that anything that just looks like a thing if you can tell what it is at any point during its creation i don't care (laughs) like uh, rolf harris was always working towards 
like some end goal of naturalism. I don't want anyone to be ever ever be able to tell what a painting is unless they really think about it. <laughs> like just how long do you think someone has to think about it and how many guesses they have and then if they get it right then it's just like get rid yeah if everyone on the island agrees what your painting you've done is then you're evicted from the island <laughs> so you're allowed to do a painting but only if there's a disagreement there has to be a, 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 the ability for everyone on the island to form some sort of reading group to discuss what your painting could be and what it could represent if the reading group it's like a there's a jury of your peers have you ever played the the board game dixit yes right so it's like a round of dixit if everyone gets the if everyone gets the reference it's like get off the island (laughs) (laughs) exactly you're not allowed on the island anymore which i effectively would mean just because of the risk no one would create any art at all um just in case the risk everyone agrees oh those squiggly lines that's a a monkey also it would lead to the poten- uh, potential level like if you you know if you all if someone was like quite unpopular you could get to them via that way you could all like just come together or agree with like all right i think he's actually drawn a komodo <laughs> dragon here and they just ring you up and be like all right what, what do you think this is because we think it's a komodo dragon and also but you wouldn't and once everyone themselves had like forcibly argued that it's a komodo dragon i think even if you didn't initially think that like the no, idea would it would be it in was. your head, you know, it would be it'd be there. You'd be like, oh, I can see that, you know, I do, I do see where these condoms do look like jaws. Yeah, no, it's very. <laughs> You've evidently done a Komodo dragon. You're not allowed to be here anymore. <laughs> no, there'd have to be some sort of um, blind process by which every painting was uh, evaluated. Someone would do a painting that they'd submit it to some sort of committee. Yeah, ring them up or pl- bring it to the committee. Say, I have done a painting or a drawing or a sculpture. Uh, that committee would therefore gather people in secret in the middle of the night so they've not had time to confer place them all in separate rooms have them all look at the piece of art uh, and then they'd all come to their conclusion about what it is if they come to the same conclusion the person's evicted <laughs> I, uh, the, the, firstly I've noticed there's already a number of committees and secret <laughs> polices involved in these worlds <laughs> It's very complicated. I mean, most people, it'd be like 19, uh, 1960s East Germany. Most people would be in the secret police involved. Just yeah. Their only role is to determine that art does not represent anything. It's not like, it's got, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's literally the opposite of like the 30s. It's like, if anything, it's not Dadaist enough. That's the... <laughs> you're allowed to represent feelings I'll, I'll put that out there if it, everyone agrees it represents happiness that's allowed in fact yeah, that's, that's praise because that's a happy piece of art it's not a mm. a representation of that attached to a being or body right it's like a yes it's, just, it's more of a that's that's the vibe of the how they put things together. I think I would do I think I probably would create art on your island uh, partly because I'm arrogant uh, don't think I'm ever going to get caught um, partly uh, because I um, I think what I would do is I would shy what I would shy away from is the any kind of drawing or painting medium. I think it would be purely <laughs> sculpture based. I think that's your easiest the easiest way of building things mm. without accidentally ever representing anything in your life. And that's the- that though is you do have to be a good sculptor because if all your sculptures are just piles of mud then there's the risk that the committee will go that is a pile of mud everyone will agree it is 
Ooh, yeah, and then you'll yeah. be evicted. Right, yeah. You, so you, you, you need you to make it, you need to both make it not something, but also very definitively <laughs> not something. <laughs> you don't want it to accidentally be construed as something. Yeah, that's the that's the concern. As that you, that's, it takes a lot to. It's a lot to. It takes a lot to make nothing nothing. You know, that's a, yes, exactly. Um, and I think that really does draw us to that draws us very handily into our final rule because you've also said that there will be no playing for fun. <laughs> the, the title of this rule is is makes me sound like a monster um, the title I of think... all your rules make you sound like a monster <laughs> yes, but this one in particular <laughs> um i i enjoy playing board games a lot and i play a lot of board games with my friends um i what annoys me is when people a, a board game is a conceit where you all have to pretend you want to desperately want to win the board game in order for everyone to be able to have fun within the confines of the rule of the board game yes there are some people though who are very uncomfortable with the idea of any idea of competitiveness and therefore will refuse to try to win the board game because they believe that being competitive is anti-fun whereas i believe that being competitive is is pro-fun oh actually no i reverse i reverse my judgment you're not a monster at all you're actually a very wise man and entirely correct in this uh if you're playing a board game there are a number of rules to that board game the idea is that you win the board game don't just go oh oh i don't really oh i'll be nice to you don't get fuck that shit you're supposed to fuck them over right within the confines of the game because that is the good bit of the game Exactly. The, the social, the inf- arguably, the the confine the confines of the rules allow you to be competitive in that way, and that is what makes it fun. Like you know that it's kind of like it's like being on a roller coaster, like the thrill of the sort of drop. You know it's not real. Like I will, like I, I will play Lords of Waterdeep with you, and I will fucking I will actively undermine every single thing that you do if I think I can. And it will be fun. Mm. You'll do the same, knowing that you're doing the same to me. That's the mood of the game. You know, we're playing. But it just takes one person to be like, oh, I'm just going to play for fun. And then no one <laughs> then has any fun because no. of that one person. No, because then that, then it's kind of awkward too, because you're like, am, am I, I a dick because yeah. I want to win? Am I supposed but... to be morally bad for like, but you're not, you're supposed to all be doing it. And that's the joy, right? You you don't want to be, I don't really feel, to feel like morally bad when I've sort of realized what I correctly think is their resource. And so I start like trying to get other people to get into a trading bidding war for it. So it'll mm. suddenly become very scarce, even though I know that I don't really need it and I'm just sort of underhand just going up for it. And then, you know, I want to be able to like do that to you knowing that you're doing that, the same thing to me. I don't want to have to feel bad about doing it. Exactly. <laughs> and I know at the end of the game, you know, well, we'll probably have a beer. Actually, we probably exactly. won't, no, but you know, <laughs> yeah. probably be very sour about it for a number of days, but that's... <laughs> It's only you're meant to you're meant to try and win. I find I, I think it's okay to not like board games, but yes. it's and you don't have to play board games. There's no rule in this island that you have to play board games. Yeah, because as I said, I'm not a monster. I know some people don't want to play a four hour game about the industrializing the Midlands. I know that's not everyone's cup of tea. But if you are involved in a four hour game about industrializing the Midlands, you should try to industrialize the Midlands to the best of your ability. I you will. Shouldn't, 
electric. Just focus on industrializing Coventry yeah. because you like Coventry. You've got to industrialize the whole Midlands or none of the Midlands at all. <laughs> um, I, and I believe that very strongly. What game is that? Or is that? that is, that's Brass Birmingham. Ah, cool. I think that this is just a little, um, little sidetrack, but I think that general rule is uh, a very confident... I often judge a game based on how boring the concept of that game is because I often think, like, if you're ballsy enough to bring out a game with no visual or conceptual hook, then the rules are better be bloody good. Exactly. And I'm regularly proved right by that. I have the theory that if there's no reason, like, the more boring the game sounds, the funner it is. Because if yeah. you make a game about space... Or whatever, or it's about space aliens. Like we've evidently not tried there. You've just made yeah. some crap and been like, "Oh, make it sound far by making it about space aliens." Whereas if you've gone, "I want to make a game about uh, the postal service in uh, Prague in the 1870s," <laughs> then I go, "Well, you must have really wanted to do that for some reason." Call it some like kibosh or something like that, and you have like Very nineteen cool. different. 19 different tokens of like meeple which are carved from wood shapes of nothing and just sort of <laughs> colorful semi-colored board and it's like this is to do with post you're like this game's gonna be this game's gonna rock uh i know it already like i feel it in my bones i'm like this is gonna get very it's gonna be this is gonna be a game that's gonna reward two plays one play to learn the game second play to master the game but within that second play, like the first, it'll be the, those games I already know. I'm like, there's going to be more than one way to win this game. You're going to have to play it at least once to uncover like a couple of them. And then mm. you immediately want to go back, see if you can run a different strategy, find a third strategy in your third playthrough, regret heavily going for the first two. It's mm, perfect games. I, I'm a big fan of them. And, they, and as I said on the rule, you don't have to play these games. You can play. Like the game Werewolf, we in Edinburgh four years ago, we played Werewolf. I probably would say upwards of a million times. Um, yes. A lot of times we played Werewolf in Edinburgh in 2015. Uh, for if, listeners, Werewolf person, is a, a card game where one of you is a werewolf and you have to find them. Uh, exactly. That. <laughs> if one person in all of those million werewolf games had not been invested in trying to find the werewolf, none of them would have been at all fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> if there was one person who just wouldn't answer questions or pretended to be something else or ran around, the whole thing, everyone would have hated it. Would have been the worst. Yeah. So it's the same with even like little parlor games like bowling. If everyone went bowling and one person, rather than trying to hit the, the skittles, just threw the ball randomly around the bowling alley and mm, yeah it'd be funny maybe for 20 seconds but after that you'd be like can we just play bowling please i no, you know what i think that there, there is a sort of there is if there is going to be a, a deeper point to any of this uh this episode and i think i i am uncovering a little theme which is perhaps a more pleasant theme than the kind of the the fussy adherence to rules which we've discussed so far which to be fair the conceit of the show forces you into which is if you're gonna go if you're gonna do do something you should probably i think really go for it you know yes i think that's my that's my main summary like if you're going to uh if you're going to involve yourself with something you should play it's like it's very i think it's a very childish thing it's like you know when you when you're young and you like uh i remember like when i was a kid uh, we did rugby at school and I was like rubbish at rugby and so what I would do is just sort of sit at the back and like not do anything but like 
it would have been and the thing is i was rubbish but it would have if i just like tried really hard and like really involved myself with it i would have not only found it more fun but i would probably have got better at it too or eventually like you would have eventually got, got good enough at it to like learn to like learn to enjoy it and so or, or even if it wasn't for me i would understand at some level like why other people enjoyed it mm. you know why what they got from it and i think the same thing's true like you either either just don't do it or if you're going to you might as well have a proper crack at it yeah you might as well do it within the rule because you know the rules for a thing or any game or any activity exist for a reason yeah um and if other people want to do it, there must be a reason why they think it's good. So if you kind of like sulkily sit at the side being like, I mean, I'm not slagging off punk rock, for example, with being a punk and being like, ah, oh, I'm going to do nothing. Then the only person you're really amusing is yourself. And you're not even really amusing yourself. Yeah. You're just having a fun time being a rebel for five minutes. I really. And then everyone else has a good time playing rugby. One thing I really, I, I, I really have grown, I think, to really like in a person is just a and really dislike in other people honestly is that and it's rather ironically i am judging these other people for it but Mm. i really hate it when someone is like very enthusiastic about something to the point you know sometimes to the point of like real obsession but like they really they just have a thing that they really love and they want to share and then people just sort of going yeah i'm like yeah I find yes. Let them I enjoy think, their. Let them enjoy their. Let thing. them enjoy their thing. <laughs> if you listen, you might enjoy it a bit too. Might not be for you, but you know, you, you, I feel like you'd at least. If someone's really that passionate about it, they, you can sort of. I've been not. I've. I've. You know. I've been converted to liking things that people are passionate about that I wasn't sure about, and but other things as well. Like even if I don't like like it i feel like if i understand it a bit more when people you know really by the same token though and this is another rule on my island it's okay to not like things yes i do sometimes feel there is a social pressure to if someone shows something to you uh you have to kind of like like it like i think it should be okay to be like oh that's not really for me and that's not a reflection on them as a person no 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 no. it's just it's not your thing like i'm really passionate about a lot of stuff but when you're passionate about something within the field that you're passionate about there are things that you like and things that you don't like yes and often when someone else gets involved in the thing that you like you're like oh but i don't like this and then everyone looks at you like you're the worst person in the world for not liking something it's like you know i just don't like it it's fine you're allowed to disagree with me people like people build i think people build social identities based on like things that they like but they kind of fit everything else into it as well they're just like even like like their political views their like views on faith their views on like their life and it's like you mean you're a fellow space marines collector and you don't and you didn't vote lib dem what what is this and you're like uh, i i just just different things you know just not into it as the space marines are the opposite of the lib dems in many ways i would argue yeah but i think um i feel i i don't know why but i kind of feel actually what of the 40k races, what has the most Lib Dem vibe? Probably the Eldar. Eldar, yeah. I, like I feel like, way, aren't they? yeah, I feel like they're, I feel like they're more of a, um, like they're more like high-minded, high-minded, fret, like they're, they're more like people who sort of get into really into like, uh, 
Slovak Zizek and stuff, just like fucking yes. quote like obscure Momentum, like pieces of pieces of like of political theory at you, and you're like, when are my bins getting collected, dude? I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, like people like so, I, so, sorry. In this situation that you've described, the guy quoting Zizek to you is some sort of bin bureaucrat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when all the bins, but he comes around and quotes Zizek at you, and you're like, please just, just. I don't know why. You live, it used to be recycling was Wednesday, normal bins Thursday. <laughs> I don't know what it is now. It's just some abstract sort of spin. Man came on a a man came the other day on a e scooter and asked to collect my vibe check. I don't know what that is. Stop quoting this, me. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I think I can't think of what I don't know. I don't know if the 40k race is perfectly aligned to the British political system for enough for this analogy to work no i feel like we've gone quite i've i've really taken this conversation down a tunnel but i think back it back up back (laughs) it back up to where you (laughs) you brought it brought it in uh so yeah you are allowed to not like things uh yes i will never for example probably get into competitive computer gaming i think that's no i think it's it's fine Um, most people shouldn't (laughs) <laughs> I think it's a little time hole for a lot of people that's, that's sucked down. If you could play, I've played, let me open Steam and see how many hours I've played of Dota. Over 4,000 is the answer. Um, if this someone like, had played 4,000 hours of football, you'd call them an obsessive. And they weren't even very good at football and they played 4,000 hours of football. <laughs> this is like, you know, when you like, when you smoke and you like do that app and it adds up like how many. Um, how, how many pounds a year you spend on packs of fags it's like that right you're just like fourth. but i bet four thousand isn't even that much in fact thinking about it no. for like a com- for a competitive community that's probably not even that much like there'll be no most people have played a lot more than me yeah um it's over 10 years as well it's not all in a year like if it was four thousand mm. in the past year i think that'd be that'd be close to the whole year which would be a bad year i mean i don't even game i think i played 300 hours of breath of the wild this summer so i <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i've already put over 20 hours in cyberpunk which i do not recommend but there we go oh you heard it here first on this podcast actually you didn't hear it first on this podcast this podcast isn't going out for another three weeks uh from date of recording <laughs> you probably heard it and elsewhere you've heard it elsewhere nearly every day since it was released by a number of people um <laughs> Hopefully, but maybe, maybe though, by the time maybe by the time this podcast is recorded, they'll have fixed all, enough of the bugs. So people will be like, "Hang on, what the fuck? It's great. It's the best game." Yeah, they'll they'll um, come and lynch me. But it's, it's okay. Mad. I'm allowed to not like things. Yeah, it's mad to me that like these days, um, I, this will show you how out of touch I am with gaming. Right, I got back into it this year, but prior to that, right, you know when you released a game, right, for the people to buy and they bought it in shops and that. Uh, it had to be finished. <laughs> you had to just finish it, and because I'm not downloading a fucking thing. Like that was my last. When you just got a game, it was just that was it, right? And if you like later, mm. you might buy an expansion pack, or you might get into the modding scene. But for the most part, it was done. That's that's just like not what happens now. Well, <laughs> you know, to be fair, Morrowind is shock a block of bugs. Yep. Um, all Bethesda games are, but you know, mostly games would be finished and done. It is, it is mad. That's another rule on my island. If anyone on my island releases a video game somehow, maybe they could do it by arranging millions of rocks so they form binary code. 
uh, then you have to run very quickly to play the game. Uh, it has to be finished. I um, there's a there's a science fiction novel where they do that actually, but um, or so that is in the in the the sci-fi novel the three body problem, which you should do in your literature podcast. Have you done oh, it? No, I don't think so. It's a um, it's a Chinese science fiction novel about a um, a alien race coming who are coming to the planet, coming to Earth to take take it, and it's based around uh, the physics product problem, the three body problem. And oh, interesting! Sounds good. I'll check is, this out. It's actually one of my favourite books. Um, I would highly recommend it if you like science fiction. That's quite like when they say science fiction, like quite a lot of science in it. Heavy on the science. Yeah, it's, there's there's quite a bit where like there's like it, it's very good, but there are like quite a few chapters where they're just like having a discussion about string theory, um, <laughs> but like a made up string theory that's sort of semi based on the real one. It's like it's like taking an eye. A lot of it's like I guess like taking it. It's like you know when you when when you did comedy and you're writing jokes, you just take an idea and then you sort of push it again. It's kind of and like you've made that. your own little world where the idea is true. Yeah, it is basically like that, but a book, and the ideas are sort of scientific ideas. I like. Um, that. I enjoy and... reading incredibly detailed stuff about made-up science. Yeah, I'll, it... I'll read more stuff about made-up science than I will ever read about normal real science. I'm not interested. <laughs> explain real science to me, I'm not, I don't care. But make up some science, then explain your made-up science to me for hours, please. I think it's just you know it's nice to it's nice to hear people invent stuff you know I'm like that's mm. very you put a lot into that <laughs> I'm, I'm pro it you know um, you put a lot of thought into that no idea if it's good or not but uh, there's a lot so it's <laughs> a lot of it so well done um, did you ever used to like did you what kind of what kind of like books and films do you what do, what books and films do you not like what would you of your of the desert island records and books what would you never take that's an interesting question yeah. i like most types of i don't like i i always say I, I like all most music and i like most types of films i just like the good stuff from all the different things yeah like right. i'm not I, so bad films is essentially what i'm saying or, or, or books um i tend to not like these days incredibly like i started reading june quite recently yeah. I got too bogged down in the various made-up worlds in it that, I mean, I say I'm like made-up science. I'm a big fan of that. I don't like it when it's just endless made-up words and you have to learn all the made-up words for yeah. hours. Until, glossary, until, yeah. Unless you go back and read all the made-up words again, you have no idea what's going on, which is what June felt like to me. So I don't like those sort of books. Um, yes. That sort of stuff. I'm, I'm not a fan of these days, but I think I probably liked it when I was a teenager. When I, I had a, more, a, a higher capacity for remembering made-up words. Yeah, and like, I mean, your your brain was a sponge then anyway, and mm. you could have been filling it with it with genuinely useful stuff, but instead it was like that. I used to read those like, um, as I've hinted at earlier, I used to read those like fancy books that are like, I think the, the whole Lord of the Rings is like 800 pages long or something, something like that. But like these ones that they'd be like the first of like fifteen, and then they'd be they'd be called like the Thrumrun cycle or some shit, and like each one would be like fifteen hundred pages, and like I 
honest to god i couldn't tell you a single thing that happens in any of them now you know like <laughs> i fucking read them i read all of them but i i have no idea like what happened to in any of them about to anyone apart from in all of them the dark lord that existed prior to the civilization in the more advanced civilization had been buried and now has come back and has been oh, gone dear. by the end. I know, right? What are they going to do about that? <laughs> but <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend who used to read books like that. And I remember having a conversation with him. I said, I'm reading, uh, I think it was something like um, a Jonathan Franzen book, um, like The Corrections <laughs> or something. I, I was reading that at the time, which is a, fi- a reasonable book. And I said, oh, it's good. It's a bit a little long, though. I think it could do with being shorter. And he said, oh, how long is it? And I was like, oh, it's about 600 pages. It's really long. He was like, oh, that's nothing. I read this book that's 1,500 pages. As if he was some sort of big man because he'd read this big book. Yeah, but the book's like <laughs> the like the Inheritance Cycle by the Arrogant Book or some shit, isn't it? Like, yeah, something like that. Well, it's like, read what you want. I don't mind. But just don't act like you're superior because the book that you read really long. He <laughs> I... One thing, so the, uh, there's a book called like, um, is it 2188? I think it is. Yeah, like 600 pages of Jonathan Franzen, who it isn't even, who isn't like the world's most unreadable author by any stretch, is very mm. different to 600 pages of David Gemmell. Yeah, yeah, that just like churns along. You're like, blah, yeah. blah, blah, he's in a place, crossbow, yep, so on, <laughs> so forth. I, um, I find it like, I think if I was to have a rule, I haven't talked about any of my rules for any of my other stuff. I've kept it to, mm-hmm. you know, my guest stuff. I think following on from your rule, I've thought if I did the experiment on myself, uh, my rule would be like, you're, it's okay. You know how you're saying like, you can just not like stuff, right? My thing would be like, you can just like stuff. You don't have to like, you, you don't have to claim that it is some objectively good form of art you're allowed to you just you can just like it and you can be affected by it in any like you know like so there's a lot of like discourse on the internet of like 35 year olds who like really like marvel films and i guess to like i guess to because uh, to to try and like immune immunize themselves from claims that they're basically just trying to be children like they sort of are like well actually these are the mo- the modern american myths actually yeah, and they're actually intellectualized and i'm like you know what man like you can just just be okay with just enjoying it like you're allowed <laughs> to be it doesn't okay. have to be anything more no, it's like the harry potter books people are obsessed with like over intellectualizing the harry potter books and going about how complex the characters there are they it's are. like they're not complex they're just they're good they're fun books that you Uh, like and that's fine you don't have to pretend there's any like significant intellectual depth in your young adult books yeah more importantly they were good you know i enjoyed them and i felt yes i did feel very deeply about them but that is because i got the first one when i was 10 and the last one when i was 18 and actually the growth of the character you know mapped to the same, same same time i was alive roughly around about that and so i obviously you know a lot of the way that i consider the world is seen through that prism but that that is no <laughs> indicate there's no there's no if you, if you like step away from that and just look at the, at the text it's like twinky winky cast the spell at dobby you're like all right <laughs> it's not 
I think the only authentic way to enjoy Harry Potter is like people of our exact age did, which is that you're the same age as Harry Potter every year when the book comes out. I um, honestly, I don't really think that it's weird because I like, I don't think that other people can enjoy it in that way, but it did. And that was a thing. Like that was, as teenagers, that was like a thing for us, wasn't it? Like we, mm. we kind of grew up. And even if you didn't read, because I think it, it's hard to explain to like uh, Pete. So like, it's hard to explain. I think to people who are like maybe like twenty, which fucked up, man. Those people can't even remember nine eleven. But like, uh, insane. Yeah. Um, but like people who are like twenty, right? It's like, it's there's not that many like phenomenons anymore that everyone has at once. That I th- there's mm. been a few like it's just it, memes these days. It's the new. It's when the new me. Drake <laughs> meme comes out. Everyone knows about. What yeah. now is the way to say one thing is good and that one thing is not good? Everyone, that's the only phenomenon. In some ways, it's kind of like, like a lot of teenagers are quite individual and they do their own thing, you know. And like obviously, they have access. The, the the big reason that we have, partly the reason we all behave in similar ways, is because we just had access to less stuff. So like everyone kind of do buy the one thing, the same thing that we all had. But like it's hard to explain the level at which, even if you didn't read the Harry Potter's in any way, you would be completely aware of pretty much everything to do with it because it just like it just happens to you as much as (laughs) you read it like it so you fucking might as well read it like if you you know even if you didn't like it you pretty much read it because everyone would be talking about it yeah you knew everything about it like the 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 the, like vocabulary of the world kind of sunk into people's day-to-day language it became a very like yeah it was an odd just a, just a thing that happened. An odd, an odd time. Yeah. Uh, I got very into got very into that. Got into a number of things, actually. Probably not <laughs> for this podcast. Actually, uh, we're actually nearly done. I think we've pretty much uh, nearly finished up with our time. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of things, right, before we finish. That is, mm-hmm. And the first one is, the this show is kind of a jokey spin-off of the BBC uh, BBC Radio 4 show Desert Island Disc. It's not the it's not based on that show, BBC Lawyers. Fuck off. But were you to be invited onto BBC Radio 4's Desert Island Discs, what uh what what records would you bring? You can't just spring that on someone with no <laughs> no uh well, all crap. the other guests all the other guests have done it. So all the other guests have done it. Um, I, I, I did this when I was 18. Um, and I was very certain those days when I used to know what I liked. Um, I find it, I don't listen to a lot of songs. I know that sounds ridiculous and pretentious. I tend to enjoy records more than album, uh, than single songs. So I find no, it very okay. hard you to can, say you this. Can, you can say it's, it's not the real show. So you could say an album. I can say whatever I want and they won't yeah. kill me. The BBC lawyers won't tear me down. Yeah. I'd probably take something like probably a Radiohead album. Um, yeah. I don't know which one. Probably Kid A. If Loveless, anything, probably. if anything, you bringing an album will probably make a cease and desist letter from their lawyers to me <laughs> less enforceable. So, <laughs> yeah, Kid A. <laughs> uh, probably some weird emo stuff that I get weirdly obsessed with every year. The Hoteliers' second album, Home Is No Place Where the Heart Is, I think it's called. Is that is that that kind of music still going? Yeah, there's loads of good emo at the moment. Spanish love songs album this year is really good. Isn't it back? Like, isn't it kind of back in a big way? 
amongst like it's... kids now. They've I don't know amongst kids. Of... I don't know what the kids are listening to, but there's a whole genre at the moment of like 30s, late 20s, early 30s emo, which right. is less, oh, my girlfriend's dumped me. I feel sad about that. And more the existential dread of being in your late uh, uh, late 20s, early 30s. But was like, not rip. everything has worked out exactly the way I used to. I have to do car payments and all this stuff. That actually um, rocks. I'm really which is good. What's a good uh, what's a good what's a good band to listen to? Uh, Spanish love songs are really good. They've got two Spanish. good albums. I, I think that their debut's not great, but their second album and their third album are really good. I can't like I genuinely find that both funny and also quite affecting and I'll probably listen to it. Like the idea that just yeah, like music for music for the uh, I guess financially an independent, ba- an independent stunted generation who nonetheless have now moved into like real adulthood is actually quite, it's been an odd transition for us. Mm. And one that I yeah. don't think that to some extent, the generation immediately above us had, but not quite in the same way. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a very, it's a, wi- it's, it's a weirdly specific genre of music that's kind of targeted to a very particular age group about yeah. four about a five-year age band. Yeah. Um, yeah, Spanish Love Songs are good. The new Pup album's really good. Um, there's the good band called The Hotelier. Released some really good stuff. The Merzingers. Um, now, one final question. There is a computer on your island that's just oh. arrived. They've just logged it into the internet but you're only allowed one game is it dota 2 it would be yeah i mean it's the oh. game i spend the most time i hate it i hate i don't play it <laughs> at all at the moment i did a, a show recently with some friends of mine nomad and uh mo farrah not the real mo farrah he's just got the worst nickname in dota history um because his, his nickname is mo farrah which is bad if you're listening mo change change that um but uh, and I had to reinstall Dota to do it, and they were mocking me because they were like, "Why have you uninstalled the game that you spend a lot of your professional life talking about?" Um, Weird though, isn't it? Like you do something professionally, uh, or you do something you know beyond just a, for fun, and it it's not the same. <laughs> no, it isn't anymore. Because I because I'm I'm pretty bad at I'm not I'm above average, but in the spectrum of people who play it a lot, I'm pretty bad at Dota, mm. uh, and I spend all my time talking to like the proper really good professionals mm. uh, and i just play it and then feel really inferior and sad um and it just oh. makes me angry so i don't really play it anymore but on an island i reckon then i'd yeah. finally have enough time to get good at it uh and i could join an underwhelming tier four greek team sweet i'll be into that actually i i, I would do the same but my game would be age of empires 2 uh which is ah, after- thriving age of empires 2 pro scene that's because after all these years, it still bangs. But like, <laughs> I cannot play it like to any standard. You, so there's three basics of it. There's the one where you learn how to play it with your like mouse and your keyboard. There's the next level where you learn, you basically learn all the keys because it's all about, mm-hmm. it's a really timing based game. You've got to do it really quickly. But the third, but then there's a third level where you get it down to a certain time. But the problem is the, base it's kind of like if you try and play football and you just haven't for years you know and everyone Mm -hmm. has been practicing all their skills even if they're not very good themselves 
they played all those years and they've, you know, they've done enough kickups for like 20 years. If you like had never played and you try to learn now, it's like that. Like, yeah, yeah. even Everyone rubbish people, really good. like even rubbish people can do like enough of the basics of it to just run around you. The skill level at like any online game of it is so high that like you 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 won't do you and not only are they they're so good that you'll never improve because you just can't like you can't really get up to that standard just by playing them because they're just yeah, like yeah. it's not really fair <laughs> they're too good at it, i used so. to play a lot of starcraft 2 which is similar to age of vampires but probably a better competitive game um and even at the lowest levels of starcraft 2 ranked online people are pretty good like they're yeah. bad. They don't really know what they're doing, but they can play using their keys. Uh, they will be anyone who hasn't watched at least a couple of YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> if like if you, if you don't know what a drushing is, you can't play in the Age of Empires two. If yes. you do know what that is, it's because you've watched a couple of YouTube videos. That's where we're at. That's the <laughs> um, right, Dan Duke. Duke Dan Auburn, Dan Auburn, Duke Duke Dan Auburn of Fuburb. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. What an episode. That was a marathon, uh, but in a good way. I feel great about it. I really enjoyed our conversation. Um, if you are interested in anything that Dan's had to say, please do check out the Position 6 podcast. Uh, please also check out his literature podcast. Absolutely banging. Uh, like I said, I laughed a lot. Uh, I did a lot of involuntary laughter. The best kind of laughter, arguably a tautology. All good laughter is involuntary. Anyway, um, if you did enjoy the podcast... Please do like, please do share, please do subscribe. Uh, we have a Patreon now, um, which is currently sitting pretty at zero pounds, but that's okay. I wouldn't expect that. I, I, to be honest, if one person donated, I would probably cry. Uh, and then I would be very happy for the next 10. After a while, I'd get used to it. Then I'd get corrupt. Then I'd get silly with the whole thing. Then I'd get good again, though. Then I'd be very grateful again once I've been through the cycle of wealth and corruption. Uh, and I would like to get there. Um... So yeah, thank you very much for listening. Please do like, please do share, please do subscribe. We have uh, one more guest before the end of this year and then starting off the new year with a couple of absolute stormers. Uh, thank you so much. That This has been Desert Island Dictator. Desert Island Dictator.